Welcome into the WISports.net podcast, a new edition of the WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net, and we've got a, a fun show today, a fun episode of the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit wrestling with Nate Wolfel, who's uh, really stepped up and helped out in a big way to expand our wrestling coverage on WSN the last year or so. Going to talk some of the early season storylines, some of the things to watch over the course of the year. Going to be joined by Norbert Durst, the girls basketball writer and content manager at WSN to talk some girls hoops. Talk a little bit about some of the out-of-state matchups that some of these Wisconsin teams have had so far in the year. Do want to touch on a football story that came out this week uh, a little bit as well. As uh, Jed Kennedy, who led Brookfield Central to the last Division Two, uh, last two Division Two state title games, runners up both years, uh, informed me on Monday that he was going to be resigning at Brook Central and taking a job in Alabama as an assistant coach at Enterprise High School. Uh, this is the second foray for Coach Kennedy down to the South after uh, a very successful run at Kenosha Bradford, where they won a state title in 2011. He went to Pulaski for a year and then spent a year at uh, Edgewater High School in the Orlando area before returning after just one year to Brookfield Central. So uh, a challenge for him, certainly. He's going to be an assistant head coach and defensive coordinator at Enterprise under Jeff Darlington, or excuse me, Rick Darlington who uh, is one of the top coaches in the entire country, won three state titles at Apopka in Florida, one of the top programs in the country. So uh, certainly wish him the best of luck. I, I always enjoyed talking with Jed. He was uh, one of those coaches that didn't didn't give you the, the coaching cliches. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't vanilla. Nobody, nobody would ever accuse Jed Kennedy of being vanilla. Loved working with him. Great guy. Consider him a good friend. And uh, certainly wish him the best of luck as he heads down to take on a new challenge down in Alabama. One of the things that we've been wanting to do on the WSN podcast is get into some wrestling talk. And uh, we've we've tried to expand our coverage into some more wrestling the last year or so. And the person that's allowed us to do that, that has done that for us, is Nate Wolfel, a uh, longtime uh, writer in, in a number of different fields around the state and uh, contributing on the wrestling scene to WISports.net. Nate, uh, appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast. First time, hopefully, won't be the last time. But uh, let's yeah. get right into uh, let's get right into some wrestling talk. And if uh, if you had to peg two or three of the biggest storylines in the high school wrestling scene in the state of Wisconsin this year, what would those be? What are people going to be watching for and talking about all season when it comes to high school wrestling? I think the first place you have to look, Travis, when you talk about storylines in the Wisconsin high school wrestling season, um, is anytime you've got a guy going for four consecutive individual state championships, uh, that individual is going to command a lot of attention. Uh, in this case, in this season, we have two young men who are trying to accomplish that feat, which would be Bryce Bolzman of Luxembourg Casco, as well as Brock Schlue of Boyceville. And uh, that is always something to watch for. Those are guys who really have an X on their back from an individual standpoint going into the season. And they're the people who will command the most attention should they presumably reach the Cole Center uh, come the end of February. All eyes will be on them. That's just how it works, comes with the territory. Um, and, two and, very outstanding, accomplished wrestlers for sure. Yeah, and, and so what are the chances of those guys capping that off? Are they wrestling where they have in the past? Have they moved up? And, and who might be some of the ones that, that would stand in the way of that potentially? Well, looking at the early season weight classes, it's tough to tell 
exactly where everyone's going to shake out. Earlier in the year, you generally see guys wrestling at a little higher up in the in the lineup than they may fall down to later in the season. Um, it looks like Bozeman, uh, they're both up a little higher right now in the lineup um, than they were a year ago, at least if, uh, if my understanding of the early results is correct. Um, where they'll settle in, there are a lot of factors that could determine that. However, I think with these two, no matter where they're at, uh, they're a threat. And I do think I like both of their chances uh, to accomplish this feat significantly. Now, um, who could stop them? It really depends on how things are going to shake out toward the end of the season. Um, in some cases, you'll see guys uh, you'll see guys shuffle weight classes. Once you start in a weight class, obviously in the state tournament series, that's where you're locked into. But that week between conference tournaments and the regionals or so, that's where you're really going to find out who is going to be on the road to potentially blocking those guys to getting the four-time state titles, seeing where they decide um, where each uh, young man decides to uh, pursue their state titles at a particular weight class. One of the uh, things that you had kind of talked about uh, in, in various fashions earlier this year was um, some guys that haven't won a state title yet and uh, are outstanding wrestlers and, and highly ranked but just haven't been able to, to finish on the top of that podium. Who are some of those guys and, and who might be the best chance, who, who might be the best wrestler that has never won a state title going in Wisconsin wrestling right now? Um, I honestly think it's, uh, it's Matt Bianchi of Two Rivers. And it's interesting, the guy, ironically, who has kept him from those state titles is none other than Bryce Bolzman. And those two have done some, have had some epic battles um, throughout tournaments, including the postseason series the last few years. Um, they've run into, into each other, and I believe the last two consecutive seasons, if I'm not mistaken, they wrestled each other at regionals, sectionals, and state, um, with most of those, if not all of those, going Bolzman's way. Um, but all of them being very competitive matches. And honestly, I think he, and he's a guy who is going to go uh, wrestle, uh, Bianchi is a guy who's going to go wrestle Division One, and is, is a great talent. If there's one guy I had to single out who's due for one, so to speak, that's the first guy I look for. One of the articles that you did as well earlier this year on Wisports.net was the uh, impressive number of wrestlers that were ranked in the national rankings, including a couple of guys ranked number one in the entire, in the entire country, uh, depending on the, the, the ranking system that you're looking at, of course. Um, what, are, what are some of those key guys, and, and how does that stack up to maybe years past when you look at national rankings? Sure. Well, yeah, it's, the last few years especially, um, we've seen a, a, a higher and increasing number of guys in, from the state of Wisconsin getting some of that national attention. It's for a variety of reasons, but the most important is, I believe, the cream of the crop in Wisconsin is better now than it has ever been. I, I don't really even view that as a debatable point. The best of the best are better in our state than they've ever been. Um, one of those guys, one of the first guys who commands a ton of attention is Eric Barnett of Hortonville. Um, he was ranked number one, uh, depending on the weight class, depending on the outlet. Intermat has had him at number one at a, at, at a few of the lower weights. Flow Wrestling has moved Barnett from number one to number two and three in some different weights as well. Um, another guy worth mentioning is Arrowhead's Keegan O'Toole. Um, he's reportedly out um, for the first chunk of the season with an ankle injury. That's what Flow Wrestling's reporting. But Flow Wrestling in their rankings actually has O'Toole as the number 14 pound-for-pound high school folk-style wrestler, or I shouldn't say folk-style, but high school wrestler in the United States. Um, and that is quite, uh, that's quite a feat. He's really beat some notable national guys. Um, 
in some off-season and preseason tournaments and has certainly uh, deserved that ranking. And he's going to be another guy who, I mean, he's just a hammer for Arrowhead. Um, lots of, just a great crop of Wisconsin wrestlers. Uh, Parker Kekazin of Nicolay was ranked number one by um, Warner, both Flow Wrestling and Intermat for a while. Is still ranked quite high in all of um, in each set of rankings nationally as well. And that's just to name a few of the top guys. Um, at one point, Earlier in the year, there were actually nine guys from the state of Wisconsin who were ranked nationally by uh, one of the two outlets, um, which is, I, I think it speaks well to the upper echelon individual wrestlers in our state. We're talking with Nate Wolfel and getting some wrestling talk and insight on the wrestling scene in Wisconsin. Nate has done a great job the last year, uh, really expanding and, and uh, for the first time uh, too much uh wrestling content and, and insider wrestling content in WSN. Well, uh, one of the last articles that you had, had uh, published was a preview of the Battle on the Bay uh, that was held this weekend at Bayport. Any uh, any interesting results from that meet or any other interesting results from some of the early season tournaments this year? Um, one thing that really, well, first of all, it, to start with Battle on the Bay, to start with the winner, McGuanago, um their performance at this tournament, um, winning the whole thing, I think, speaks volumes to uh, the, the quality of that program. They lost some very talented guys um, uh, in Aaron Shulist and Eric Bone. Um, Shulist was a state qualifier, um, battled injuries all last year, but he's, um, he's wrestling Division One this year in college. And then Eric Bowen is actually wrestling Division One as well. He was a state champ at 220 for them. Um, they, had some, they had some guys they had to replace. And it seems early on like they're doing it, winning a tournament like this. Um, I believe 57 ranked wrestlers at this tournament, um, as well as a handful of ranked teams. Uh, that was quite an accomplishment for McGuanagall. Another team that has really just jumped off the paper to me early in the season is Wrightstown. Um, they were on my periphery as we started doing team previews and talking about Division Two. I had no idea they would be what they've been um, so far this season. Uh, Wrightstown not only knocked off returning state D2 state champion Lux Casco in decisive fashion in a dual meet um, last week, but then goes ahead and repeats, or two weeks ago, excuse me, but then the Tigers go and repeat that performance by topping Lux Casco in a tournament setting. They took second place over LC by over 30 points, by 36 and a half points. Wrightstown, now currently the number one ranked team in D2, they are for real. And um, looking to one other team in D1, Stoughton, it's hard to, you can't really sleep on a returning state champion, but boy, are the Vikings, I mean, they are serious. They're ranked actually nationally by Intermat. They're the number 50 team in the United States in Intermat's Fab 50. And then just looking at their performances this year throughout tournaments and duels, um, they have dual meet victories over D2 number four, Freedom, D2 number six, Prairie du Chien, and two wins over D1 number four, Marshfield. And we are, for all intents and purposes, only two weeks, two and a half weeks in the actual competition at this point as we speak tonight. Um, that's a pretty nice little resume for this early in the year. The Battle on the Bay, uh, a nice early season tournament, but we really start getting into some uh, of the bigger in-season tournaments once we start talking about the holiday break. Um, what are some of the bigger tournaments to look forward to uh, as we head into the later part of December? Uh, Cheesehead for sure. Um, that's going to be a big one. And I know we took some good time previewing all that one and getting coverage of that uh, here on WSM last year and fully intend on doing that again. Um, just That's one of the nation's elite tournaments, uh, in-season tournaments for folk style. 
uh, and definitely the crown jewel of Wisconsin wrestling. Wisconsin's best teams, most of Wisconsin's best teams will be there um, competing against some of the nation's best. It's going to be a lot of nationally ranked wrestlers, a few nationally ranked teams. Most of these, if not all of these teams are ranked in the states in which they compete. Um, just a great event. But then, I, And you've also got Bi-State Classic. You've got Mid-State. Um, you've got the Badger State Wrestling Classic. There are lots and lots of Badger State Wrestling Invitational, lots of great wrestling um, that really brings in a lot of the best states, or, excuse me, I should say some of the state's best in-state talent, and in many cases um, gives them the chance to compete against teams from other states, oftentimes some of the best teams in their respective divisions as well. It's really, other than the state tournament series, the best time of year in Wisconsin high school wrestling. Well, Nate, we certainly appreciate the uh, the wrestling talk on the podcast today and, and definitely appreciate the efforts on uh, bringing wrestling coverage to WSN and, and the fans. What are some of the things that uh, the fans of high school wrestling can look forward to on WSN, not only over the course of the next week or, or couple weeks, but over the course of the entire year? So what we can look forward to with content, um, movers and shakers, I want to break that down in the rankings, uh, the team and individual rankings on a weekly basis, as we did last year, um, just to keep an eye on the movement and, and where where the trajectory of certain teams and wrestlers um, lies in a given week. So we're going to spend some time doing that. Um, I plan to cover some of the some of the key dual meets that we can get to in person between some of the state's top teams. I have a few mapped out already. Um, tournament previews plan to do a few more of those especially as we get toward the holiday season some of these higher level events um, as i mentioned before plan to cover cheesehead going to have great coverage of the state tournament series um, also hoping to get a few features in here and there as i run into guys and as we're able to get some coaches and things like that just to get their perspective on some things or to tell some stories that um, that may not get the kind of attention they deserve and some of these storylines that come and develop throughout the season as well just keeping our finger on the pulse of everything that's happening in Wisconsin high school wrestling. Nate, that's awesome. We look forward to seeing that on WSN. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk down the road. That's uh, Nate Wolfel, uh, WSN wrestling writer. Nate, thanks. And like I said, we'll, uh, we'll chat again, I'm sure. Yeah, sounds good, Travis. Thank you very much for having me. Always great to have Nate on the WSN podcast. One note he did want to pass on after we had recorded that, uh, that segment last night. Uh, he misspoke a little bit in that the wrestler he talked about in terms of best wrestler without a state title is actually Joey Bianchi from Two Rivers, who finished as runner-up to Bryce Bowman last year. He said uh, he had mentioned uh, Matt Bianchi, who actually did win a state title for Two Rivers. That's Joey's brother um, at 113 pounds. But it was Joey Bianchi that he was uh, referring to talking about best wrestler without a title. We'll wrap up our WSN podcast for this week by taking a look at girls basketball and we'll bring in Norbert Durst, the content manager and girls basketball writer at wisports.net. Norbert, I want to get right into a, a couple things real quick. Um, in the last week or two, we saw some Wisconsin schools play some out-of-state teams in some pretty high-level, high-profile matchups. How do you think the Wisconsin teams fared? And what were a couple of the bigger ones that were on the schedule in, in those uh, uh, boundary or, or border battles, if you will? Well, uh, Beaver Dam definitely made Wisconsin proud because they uh, went down to the Chicagoland Invitational and uh, beat Benet Academy. And Benet Academy uh, in a couple rankings in Illinois were the top team in Illinois. So uh, they got a 10-point win there. So that was good for the state to show um, you know, how good Beaver Dam is, not just in a, a local, uh, but, you know, uh, look at Wisconsin teams, but in the area as well. And last year, uh, 
They only lost two games, and one of them was to Maine West, who throttled Milwaukee King at that same event. You know, that could have been just a matter of, you know, you kind of get down a little bit. And, um, you know, and Maine West is a good team, but, you know, I would say if that game is played a little bit later this season, Milwaukee King gives them a little bit better of a game uh, because that was a running clock at the end of that contest. But overall, I, I thought, uh, you know, with that nice win by Beaver Dam, that was a good victory for the state. And uh, Monroe also played uh, an Illinois team that day. They lost to Morton, and they actually lost to Morton last year as well. Um, and uh, so, you know, a little bit of a mixture as far as how Wisconsin did. You know, at the top they did well, and, you know, a little bit of uh, the, some of those other teams, maybe not quite as well, but it is early. So I think if you play some of those games later, it could make a difference. And you mentioned Beaver Dam. I, I haven't paid too close of attention. I don't know if you have noticed. Uh, are they in some of those regional or national rankings that, that uh, some folks put out there? Well, I honestly haven't looked at the most recent one, but when they played Benet Academy, they were ranked number 12 in the, nas- in the nation by Max Preps. Um, I don't believe there has been any other national ranking. That could be wrong. Those could have came out earlier this week. But uh, they are up there, and, you know, they could easily climb a little bit farther. Um, they're going to be going down to Florida to play on some teams. So I, I believe there's another team that is ranked in the top ten area nationally. So, you know, if they could get a win there, they could really push themselves farther up on that national scale. Are there any other games coming up later this year or, or later this month even that you're aware of that would, would be high-profile out-of-state games that some of these teams are playing? I know you mentioned Beaver Dam going to, to Florida. Uh, any, anything else that, that stands out at all? Well, McGuanagal will be going to Florida as well. I'm not sure on uh, the teams they're playing. I'd have to take a look again to see you know, if they, there are any nationally ranked teams. But I think most of the, the games now that will be in the next few weeks will just be those uh, holiday classics and tournaments. Uh, but again, you know, there are the McGuanagos um, and Beaver Dams. There may be another team that's playing, playing an out-of-state opponent. But uh, I think those bigger high-profile games, especially against the area um, teams, or the area states, have kind of uh, already been played out. You mentioned Milwaukee King and, and the uh, defeat that they took handily against Maine West. Was it a surprise that they stayed at, at number one in the in the WSN coaches poll? Now they had beaten McGuanago, who's number two. They've beaten Arrowhead and Oak Creek, um, but in, any surprise that they didn't drop down a little bit after uh, a running clock loss to an out of state team? A little surprising that they still got you know uh, you know nearly all of the votes in Division One. Um, I think a little bit of a sleeper there is Kimberly, who. They might be fine with just being number three and being undefeated, and, you know, they're rolling right now. So, you know, sometimes teams don't mind being in that little bit of a back seat, but um, I could definitely see within enough, another couple of weeks, especially when, when Kimberly gets a chance to play Oak Creek at uh, the Pewaukee um, Holiday Classic, you know, a win there might, you know, give coaches an idea that maybe we need to push them over the top. Just because, you know, that lopsided loss does mean quite a bit when it comes down to it. And, you know, especially if Milwaukee King were to lose a game here um, and uh, McGuanago keeps winning, uh, McGuanago can easily jump ahead on top as well. I want to uh, talk about a game from last night, and I don't know how much uh, 
information you might have, but I saw you did tweet out that Milwaukee Academy of Science got a an impressive win over Mesmer last night and had two girls that scored over 30 points. Now, Shamira Williams, their uh, dynamic and, and outstanding senior, was not one of those players, and I see she was not in the box score. Uh, do you know an update on her situation or why she had not played last night? Well, I do know she was suspended. I don't know why she was suspended, but I do know she was suspended for that one game, and I do not think it's going to be any more games, but uh, she was not playing in that contest. So two other kids score 30, and they weren't Shamira Williams. What what does that mean for some of the other teams in that division in, in the potential for Milwaukee Academy of Science um, you know, down the road? How, how important is that, and how much does that kind of legitimize or increase their profile or potential in Division Four when you got two other kids stepping up like that? Oh, that's huge for them because I think that's been the struggle the last, uh, the last couple of years just because it's, uh, you just don't have, or excuse me, just in last season, you just don't have enough players around Shamira last season when they moved up to Division Four, And with that loaded sectional, I mean, you have Howard's girl who won the D4 state title two years back. You have Michigan and Newsburg in there, two very good programs. They're also Racine Lutheran. So they need those those freshmen to play well because in those games, even if I would say even if Shamir was, was to score fifty points, I just think that the the other teams just have too much offensively uh, for them to stop uh, for Academy of Science to get to the state tournament. We'll spend a little bit more time next week going in depth on some of the holiday tournaments that'll be coming up. Um, later this month, uh, so keep an eye out for that. We'll have Norbert on. We'll have Mark Miller on to to talk about some of those. But anything in the last week or two since the last time we talked, Norbert, that that has kind of stood out. Any performances? Any teams that have uh, made impressions um, in the last couple of weeks? Well, I got to mention that Al Guffman uh, went over 750 career wins as a high school coach. He uh, he now is two wins away from passing Jim Myers on the all-time girls. Uh, winning this uh, list, and that's at 699, what Jim Myers has currently. Um, some other games of note, uh, New Berlin Eisenhower just keeps uh, keeps the drum beating on. Uh, they had wins over Pi- uh, Pius and Pewaukee in the last week. Uh, Newman Catholic, who had lost three games entering last night's game against Assumption, got a nice 10-point uh, win, and Assumption at the time was ranked th- third in Division Five, so that's a nice win there. Uh, you know, we mentioned Kimberly. They beat Hortonville last week, a nice 12-point win. Uh, Prescott, who isn't in the rankings in Division Three, and that's one of those really, I think, uh, really tough divisions to get in the rankings. Right now they're 6-0. and They've already beaten uh, Amory, who was picked to win the middle border. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, those teams continuing to win. And, and maybe sometimes you do need some, uh, some of those teams that are in the rankings to lose just because of the strength in each division. No, one other game of note was, Bayport beating DePierre last night, 65-59. Both of those teams came in undefeated and ranked in the top 10 in uh, Division One. And you mentioned uh, Al Guthman, Jim Myers, uh, at the top of the coaching wins list for girls' basketball. And interestingly enough, uh, of course, both spent time coaching boys' basketball as well. Al Guthman early in his career, Jim Myers at the end when he switched over from the Barnevald girls to Bar- the Barnevald boys and uh, led Barnevald boys to a state championship before uh, stepping aside a couple years ago. So, uh, yeah, great uh, great uh, careers by both, and uh, will be certainly interesting to see uh, Al Guthman break that record and 
Um, maybe Jim Myers comes out of retirement to, to, to try to get it back. That's uh, 699 wins as a girls coach. Uh, you, you know, that, I'm sure there's one more that he would have liked to gotten to get to, uh, to get to 700. Well, that was that state championship game, you know, when he lost, lose to assumption and that one would have been, would have been him 700. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that rivalry between assumption and Barneville that I think is, uh, one of the, the favorite stories that, that I've, covered and, and followed during uh, my time at WSN and uh, obviously some some great matchups that those teams had and of course they not only played in the state finals but they played every year in the regular season for quite a while are, are they still continuing that regular season series I believe so I um, they normally play that later in the season so I'd have to double check on that but I, I think they are still playing that and, and speaking of Barneveld how how are they doing uh, this year and and uh, obviously, you mentioned Assumption still being ranked pretty highly. Barnevelt isn't. Where are the uh, the Eagles at uh, right now? Barnevelt is not doing as not what we expect from Barnevelt. They're just one in five overall, and you know they do play some tough non conference opponents, but they're certainly not the Barnevelt of old. And you know, it might be a couple of years before we see them nearing the top of that Six Rivers East again. All right. Well, good stuff, Norbert. Uh, always good to catch up on the girls' hoop scene. And like I said, we'll uh, we'll talk next week and, and get a preview of some of the big holiday tournaments that are coming up later this month. Uh, get back at it. Uh, I know that you've been a, had a chance to get to a, a number of games so far this year, and uh, always fun to follow what's going on in uh, in girls' hoops as well. You bet. And just of note, too, you know, we've heard about all these ACL injuries already, but last night it was announced that Lonnie Kapanis from Madison Memorial is out for the season with the torn ACL. So that's unfortunate news for them. And that's going to really open up that big eight conference as far as who's going to come out on top. All right. Sounds good. Certainly wish the best for, for her. Never like to see that. Unfortunately, it, uh, it is one of the things that um, we do have to talk about and girls have to deal with in, uh, in girls basketball, but certainly wish her the best on, on her road to recovery. All right, that'll do it for us on uh, this week's version of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. He's Norbert Durst. We also were joined by Nate Wolfel earlier in the program to talk a little wrestling. Get out to, to a game, support your teams this week, and uh, get ready for some big-time action later this month on the holiday tournaments that we'll talk about a little bit more next week. Again, this has been the Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.